Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,682. Today we're talking Porsches with the triple zero guy himself. Buckle up. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in San Rafael, California, with a very special returning guest here on Cars Yeah. Always love to have guests back when they haven't been on the show for a while to see where they've come and what they're doing and where they're going. I'm going to be talking with Pete Stout. Pete, welcome back to Cars Yeah, my friend. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Mark, I am, and thanks so much for having me back. It's uh, I, I can't believe it's been three and a half years. I know, it's crazy. Now, Pete was a guest back in April of 2017, and he had so much to say that I turned his show into two shows. So uh, we'll see where we go today. But, you know, it's always fun to catch up with you. You and I, of course, have run into each other at the prehistoric races. The the um, Rensport reunion, I think, was the last time we saw each yep. other. Of course, this year we've all been locked down. Uh, I think it was also, uh, we. I went to your Shades event that was up at Canapa during Car Week, uh, which was yep. so very cool. I know you wanted me to bring my Orange Crush, but it was a bit of a drive. Oh. Uh, but we'll get that to one of your Shades events. I think they're love. Or we'll come your way. Or we'll come your way. We need some loving up here, you know, some Porsche love. We got a lot of Porsche fanatics up here in the Pacific Northwest, so we'll set that up sometime. You're always welcome here at Cars Yeah headquarters. I live on a golf course. Maybe I can get them to shut down the 18th green and we'll make our own Pebble Beach Concours. That'll be with shades. That'll be kind of fun. We've now done four Rare Shades events. Yeah. And we've been, you were at the first, and we've been, we went to Atlanta, then Florida, then Los Angeles, and uh, we were scheduled for Toronto this past June at a really, really incredible venue, working with Lawrence Yap at SAF, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. and increasingly with Porsche Cars Canada. But as you well know, we couldn't even go to Canada. <laughs> well, you still can't go to Canada. I mean, it's still Correct. The, the border's still Correct. shut. So I know you can ship. I had Peter Cloud on the show, and he can ship cars back and forth, but you can't ship people back and forth. So one day we'll all get back together again. Well, before I give you a proper introduction for maybe those few little listeners that don't know about you and what you're doing, I want you to share one thing with me, Pete, that maybe most people might find surprising about you. I would say most people don't realize that my resume goes Costco Wholesale Excellence Panorama Triple Zero. And I would put a lot of emphasis on the Costco experience. Really? Uh, it's something close to you. You're not far off of headquarters yep. and Senegal world. Yep. But that company, and now I part owner of a company, that company was probably the best company I w ever worked for. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it really, it really was, I worked there in the early nineties as a teenager and then as a young college student. And I, I think I spent something like four or five years off and on with them as I was going through school wow. and one year full-time on a shipping dock. So my, my last full-time experience before excellence was on a shipping dock with Costco. Interesting. But I really, that was a really shaping period for me. The best manager I ever worked for, Letitia Robinson, 
was there at Costco. She she ran the shipping dock, yeah. and I learned so much there. So I guess something a lot of people wouldn't know or or suspect is is this editor, as you and I have been at Rensport and we're out in race cars or at a Concours or we're doing things uh, around automobiles, everybody starts someplace. And yeah. one of my starting places was Costco. Very interesting. Yeah, well, that's quite a company that's built up. I, you know, I remember going to their very store, first store. It was called Price Club. And Saul Price started that company in San Diego where I was living and where I grew up. And I remember my dad hearing going, goes, who on earth would pay to go shopping in a store that just had everything in the boxes? And little did, <laughs> little did we know what their real thought process was. And I tell you, I had some friends in my high school whose parents were some of the original investors and they became very very wealthy uh driving uh, or being uh, investing in that business as a business they ran it beautifully you know price costco of course they, they eventually merged and i was called in uh we were all called to the front of the cash registers there in richmond california and perry the the warehouse manager told us about what was going to happen and that we weren't supposed to talk about it but i think it was only a few hours before it was announced it it really was a great company. And what struck me particularly was the breadth of the kind of employee that they had when I was hired. I was hired somewhat illicitly. I was hired at age 17 and, and, and Perry Keel, the, 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 um, I'm sorry, Perry Abadir, the, the warehouse manager there. He kind of, I think I was 18 and a half or so. He's like, he looked at me kind of with one eye. He said, how old are you? And I said, 18. And he did the math. He knew I'd been there longer than, yeah. than I, you know, Supposed than I be. should be for 18. Yeah. And it was 8.27 an hour when I was hired, if I remember correctly. And yeah, sure. all the other jobs I'd had in high school were $5 or five fifty. Mm-hmm. And what I noticed was everyone in that warehouse, they were older people, but a lot of Cal Berkeley students were working there. And I felt really lucky as a high school student to be working there. Yeah. And a post-high school student, but what I noticed was every single person there had an attitude as though they knew that they were paying, they were being paid a little more than they needed to be, mm-hmm. that, that Costco was paying them better than it had to, and it was reflected in the work ethic. I yeah. saw it all the years I worked there, they took such good care of their employees, and they were extremely fair with customers. Yeah, and it's paid off all the way up to today. I spend quite a bit of money there. I always joke you can't get out of Costco without spending at least 150 bucks. So that's all part of the success story. Well, let me give you a proper introduction. We're going to be talking about Porsche cars, my favorite mark. My listeners know that. Pete Stout is the editor-in-chief and managing partner of Triple Zero Magazine, a quarterly journal dedicated to the Porsche mark. In 2016, he teamed up with his co-founder, Alex, and created a creative director by the name of Justin Page to create Triple zero which is a reference to porsche's three digit model type numerology to call this a magazine is quite a stretch it's a huge 250 plus page perfect bound publication that takes a very deep dive with only five to seven percent advertising and will no doubt be a keeper for all subscribers who read by the way I started subscribing and I've got the very first issue and I've got them all ever since. Pete spent 14 years as editor of the Porsche publication Excellence and then three plus years as editor of the Porsche Club of America's magazine known as Porsche Panorama. He saw them go through some major, very cool changes. Prior to that, he was an editor at Ross Periodicals and a freelance writer. And prior to that, he worked at Costco, as you just heard. (laughs) We'll be back in just a minute to talk with Pete. But first, a word from our valued sponsors. Sit tight. We're in a Porsche today with Pete's doubts. It's going to be a fun ride. We'll be right back. Did you know the most damaging thing to your vehicle's interior 
is the sun. Those harsh UV rays damage your interior over time. They crack your dash, they fade the colors, and the heat makes getting into your favorite ride downright unbearable. My friends at Covercraft have the perfect solution for you. Their sunscreens are easy to use. They take seconds to install and remove and protect your vehicle while parked in the sun. They fold up easily and store away for those times you don't want to use your car cover. I have one for every one of my vehicles and you should too. They come in a variety of colors and options featuring an accordion design that makes unfolding and folding them a breeze. Want to give a gift that keeps on giving? Buy a Covercraft sunscreen for your family members and friends. They'll thank you for it every time they park their vehicle. They're custom made to fit almost any vehicle. Check out Covercraft.com for a huge number of styles, colors, and options. And here's something special from me here at Cars yeah, just for you. Use the code ya 120 at checkout at Covercraft.com and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. Go to Covercraft.com and use the code yeah one two zero at checkout and you get 10 percent off you can thank me later Covercraft, they've got you covered i found a new way to protect my vehicle american collectors insurance that's who now protects my porsche turbo the one i call my orange crush but did you know they also insure your valuable collectibles of automobilia and automotive collectibles if you're like me You've invested in a lot of cool automotive collectibles over the years. Those items are valuable. And if you were to lose them in a theft or a fire, well, try to get your normal homeowner's insurance to pay you what they're worth. Good luck with that. American Collectors Insurance provides you with assurance and confidence that your collectibles are fully covered. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting us automotive enthusiasts since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a history of taking care of their clients. Give them a call today for a quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love. I did. American Collectors Insurance, classic car and collectible insurance designed by collectors for collectors, just like you and me. All right, Pete, we are back. A little double clutching, having some fun here in this Porsche. I would love for you to share a success quote or a mantra that's become part of your life with Triple Zero Magazine, something that has great meaning for you. It's a nice way to get the tires smoking a little, just a little bit. We won't smoke the clutch, just the tires, since we're in a Porsche, so grab the wheel. It served the reader, Mark. It's one of the first lessons I got at Ross Periodicals, and it remains a guiding mantra for me and for our team. Serve the reader. I love it, and I'll tell you, being a Porsche fan... When you launched this, my first thought was, oh my gosh, Pete's crazy. He's launching a magazine during a time when magazines are all all dying. But when I spoke with you and you shared the premise and the concept behind it, I started to say, okay. And then when I found out what it cost, I went, okay, Pete's crazy. And then I stopped and thought, you know what? I'm getting 40 publications, 40 magazines every month. How many have I stopped reading? Because they many have become irrelevant. They've not kept up. The internet gets me all the information before time. And I said, you know what? I'm going to take a chance on Pete. So, and I think I told you this. I canceled about 15 magazine subscriptions. I bought your subscription. And I love it. And there's some things about yeah. it that I love. The fact that it's quarterly is nice because you can sit down. It's very, it's like getting a magazine or a, a, well, a book, really. And you sit down and the deep dive that you guys take, I mean, 
page after page on the seat inserts and the fabrics and the different kinds. And if you love Porsches the way I do, I thought I knew it all, but of course I don't. <laughs> I try not to be a know-it-all, but but the details and the things you've taught me have been really fantastic. So let me ask you this. It's been three and a half years since you were on the show. How's it going? How are you feeling about things? And are you still as fired up every morning when you get up uh, to produce this fabulous publication as you were when we last talked and you were just getting it out there? Absolutely. I'm probably more fired up as I get going in the morning which is a kind of a crazy thing to say in 2020, given all the challenges that oh, so many yeah. of us are, are facing. But I, I still am fired up by the idea of, of doing print. I believe in it still. I think that it's a wonderful diversion from more screen time. Mm -hmm. I find that as I'm at home a lot more lately, and you know, as the news is more engrossing, there needs to be a, a balance. And I, I really believe in this odd new media experiment that just happens to look like a magazine or something like one. I, I really connect with our readers and I love crafting each issue for them. Mm -hmm. And so the whole team, our, our team is tiny, but we're still committed to telling great stories, whether it's about fabric and a designer that you've never heard of or a car that we all thought we understood but we really didn't or capturing some of these documents or history before it's too late and it's gone for good right i think it's marvelous over the time since we last spoke is there maybe one thing that's come to light in this process of building this new business that you put together that has surprised you quite a bit I have to think about that, Mark. <laughs> There's been a lot of surprises along this road. I mean, I'll it's bet. been three and a half years of, of a journey into a product that I thought I was a bit crazy to start too when uh -huh. we started it. And I had no idea how it would be received. I had a gut feeling that it was that it was a, a niche that was underserved and that there were some people who really would like to know the story in greater depth. I think the biggest surprise has been the opportunities where we've held events, whether through Rare Shades or otherwise, and I've been able to meet with subscribers and S subscribers and just how cool they are. <laughs> yeah, They're not the same crowd that I've encountered at other events. There are some people I've known for years, but I'm, we're also engaging with people that I haven't seen at the usual events. And I really enjoy that. That's been, for me, a... Uh, one of the more exciting elements of this, we held an event last year at the American, I'm sorry, at the Architecture and Design Museum, Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. Around Rare Shades 4 and 50 years of the 914, which is a model that's near and dear to my heart, of course. And so we did a whole a whole weekend out of it. And one of the discussions was around color. And we invited a color scientist. And we also invited a design and fabrics and interior designer. And so that was a fascinating discussion. We held it at a great artist space in Beverly Hills, which is its own thing to do. To do an event in Beverly Hills is a whole different world. Oh, yeah. But what was so surprising and gratifying to me and what was exciting intellectually was we had three women on a panel. I acted as moderator and the discussion was fascinating. And again, the crowd was not the usual crowd and people were engaged. And people were asking questions afterwards. 
and I, I really enjoyed that. So for me, I guess the surprise has been that you can take a subject that you've been studying for many years and it can open up a whole new road. Yes. And I think a lot of people miss that. I think, I think a lot of people think, oh, if you've been doing this same thing for a long time, it's time to change, change things. Mm-hmm. that subject, you've worn that subject out. And I'm finding that all the, the previous was actually the preamble. Yes, I, absolutely. And I love the fact in the case of your shade, Rare Shades events, to me, they have a sense, and I would assume that perhaps your focus is to grow them into something like what's happened with Luftkult, you know, with Patrick. And the fact that all of a sudden these events turned into something different than just a gathering of Porsche enthusiasts. And when it comes to colors, we've seen, at least I've seen, a transition in the importance of color in automobiles. Uh, mainstream manufacturers don't seem to quite get it most of the time. Although you see some outliers, like when I bought my E46 M3, there was Phoenix yellow. And damn it, mm-hmm. I actually was going to yep. order that car in that color. And at the last minute, they called me and said, okay, you got to make your final decision today. The car is going online. And I, I played it safe, I'm sad to say, and went back to silver. <laughs> and to this day, I still have that car. It's, you know, 15 years old. I love it, my E46 M3. And I go, man, I wish I'd got that phoenix color because now you know they stand out but i i do have my orange crush in the garage so that kind of makes up for it yeah i think that car makes up for for your silver m3 mark i think you're okay there (laughs) you know it's funny you mentioned what rare shades could grow into you came to that first one at canapa yes we held we held that as a toe in the water we did that as a toe in the water we thought what can we bring what can we contribute to car week and there was some discussion around whether or not we should do it this is after our, our last time together here on Cars. Yeah, we wanted to do a marketing event. We wanted to reach the car enthusiasts during Monterey Car Week. It's close to our home base, or at least one of them. And we looked at everything. We thought, let's do something around cars and colors, Porsches and colors. And I thought Alex's idea was brilliant. So we decided to make it a little more open to everybody by saying it's it's not just paint to sample. It's any Porsche ordered in an unusual color. So Porsche's Porsche's parallels to Phoenix. Uh, it'd be some of, you know, Zanzibar would be a great example, for instance. Right. Uh, and in line with Orange Crush, there's so many great Porsche colors that were standard colors, but everyone decided that that was a little too risque. And we want to see those colors. Our world has become a sea of black, white, silver, and gray cars yeah. and SUVs and trucks. Everything is a derivative of a non-color effectively. And so for all those reasons, we wanted to do it, but we had no idea whether we would get five or 15 people. We didn't know what would happen. And we set a goal internally of 15 cars and colors and special colors. But the worry was we had no way to chart what would happen. And so we thought, well, do we get a small place in Monterey Car Week? And that's already difficult. And then it's a big success and people are angry because we didn't anticipate. Or do we get a big space and then we only have seven cars show up and it's a failure. Right. And we decided that we would partner with the Canapa Motorsports Museum, even though it was an hour away from Monterey, because that way anybody who came, if there weren't a lot of cars there, they still wouldn't feel like they left empty-handed. We oh, wanted yeah. people There's to a lot of eye candy at Bruce's shop. There's no question about it. It's actually one of the better museums on the West Coast. But it's funny. You speak to executives. You speak to people in the business. A lot of people haven't been there. They know about it, but it's just, a, it's just enough out of the way that their one trip to Monterey for the year, they don't get there. Yeah. And so we wanted to create an excuse for people to go. And we were rather surprised. We didn't take attendance, but 
And we don't charge for air shades. So that's one thing that really separates it from a lot of other shows is there's no cost involved for the, the, the visitors. The, we, we charge a very nominal fee for entering the car because we do curate the cars and we try to offset that with some swag and some fun stuff and a goodie bag for those who come and bring their cars to share. But we probably saw two or 300 people, some people kind of watching and our goal was really for it to be casual and friendly and not pretentious and just easy. Just have this nice feeling of, hey, you're with the editors of Triple Zero. We're with you and we want to hang out and talk cars. Yeah. And great. we had such a strong response from that that we then had a request from Porsche. Would you like to come? We would like to host one of these at our headquarters in November. And as you know, November is right after car week. Uh, yeah, uh, that's kind of tough to do. But, but you don't say no. Right. So we said yes. And we knew from the TSA logs, because the Porsche Experience Center Atlanta is right against the Atlanta airport. So they have to have everybody registered. So about 600 people came to that. And wow. We did a talk with Thomas Gruber, uh, who if you haven't interviewed, we really should get you to, together with. He's one of the two authors of, of the Career RS, the original Career RS book, which is one of my it remains one of my favorite single Porsche books. And so Gruber and Andrew Lennon and I did a talk and it with Ray, I believe. And it was the Gruber went upstairs to get food and the, the restaurant was sold out. So I guess they did okay that day. <laughs> and then we went to Florida and then we went to uh, back to Los Angeles because of the arc, the A plus B museum, the architecture and design museum, Los Angeles did an exhibit on triple zero as a breakout design product, mm. as a breakout design project in print from Los Angeles, regardless, they're not car people. They just wanted to cover it as a, as a print project because they're a design museum. Mm -hmm. And we said, Hey, could we build an event around your exhibit for rare shades? And so we closed down a block in the arts district of Los Angeles. And I think there were a hundred or more cars in colors. Nice. So it's growing. We, however, don't wish to see it grow in the way that some of the other shows have grown. We like the intimacy and for that reason, and for the reason that we'd like to get out and see people and see new cars, it will travel. It will travel. So it won't be in the same location year on year as you've seen with, with Luft or with uh, Amelia or, or, or Monterey shows. And there's nothing wrong with those shows. Those are those shows are anchor shows, right? And they're critical shows to the hobby. With everything triple zero, we try to add something that wasn't there. Nice. Well, it's really cool. And of course, we've seen Porsche Panorama come out with Renbow. Um, with uh, or do they call it Renbow? Am I saying that right? Renbow. Renbow. Ren yeah. Always, always yes. say Renbow. Renbow makes more sense with their color charts. And um, I'm proud to say that uh, Orange Crush is the only one representing the color my car is because it's almost the only one. Uh, there's only two right. other cars that color. Very cool. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about your personal passion with cars and maybe a big challenge you faced over the last few years running this deal. So sit tight, give our sponsors a little love, and we'll be right back with Pete Stout from Triple Zero. So what do you do after running a race team for 27 years with over 100 podiums, multiple Daytona wins, and a win at Le Mans? Well, if you're a racer and the Racers Group team owner, Kevin Buckler, you start Adobe Road Winery. It's located in Petaluma, California, and he and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series, four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own. Like racing, these wines comprise of art, 
precision engineering science wrapped in a whole lot of fun. You can choose from four blends titled Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. Today, I'm going to talk about Shift. This wine was awarded 93 points by Robert Parker's Wine Advocate. It's balanced and spicy with dark blueberries and a cigar aroma. The unique bottle shape features a vintage-inspired metal gated shift back with carbon fiber, and the cork is topped with a five-speed shift knob. That's right. There's going to be some battles at the dinner table on who gets to keep the cork after this bottle has been enjoyed. The Racing Series is a delicious gift for the automotive enthusiast in your life, and I've got a deal for you. If you use the code CARSYEAH, all one word in caps, at checkout, you get $10 off any purchase of the wines from the Racing Series. Your wine ships promptly and arrives quickly right at your door. Use the code CARSYEAH at checkout and get $10 off your purchase from the Racing Series today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the Racing Series. Go to adoberoadwines.com and use the code CARSYEAH today. <coughs> Cheers! Let's step away from the conversation to talk about our charity of choice here at Cars Yeah, America's Automotive Trust. America's Automotive Trust is a group of like-minded nonprofits that are working together to preserve and promote car culture across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians and restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through automotive-related events, car shows, and drives. Among those nonprofits is RPM Foundation, a terrific organization working to keep our favorite collector cars on the road. RPM was created to ensure that the specialized skills needed to care for classic automobiles, boats, and motorcycles continue to be passed down from generation to generation. They do this by supporting training for young people with a passion for restoration and setting them up with mentors who can share their valuable knowledge. So far, they've awarded more than $3.5 million to restoration education projects across 35 states. Incredible! To learn more about RPM or to donate to their mission, visit www.rpm.foundation. You'll be glad you did. All right, we're back. Now, Pete, I always ask my guests to talk about a big challenge or even a big failure. Let's narrow it down to your new publication and what's happened since you were last on the show. Has there been a challenge that you've had to really overcome? And if so, and I'm sure there has been because there is for everybody, uh, how did you overcome it? And what was that lesson that you learned from that situation? Well, it's a great question for this year, isn't it? Oh, gosh. This year we couldn't go to Toronto. You know, we were just talking about Rare Shades. We were scheduled to, to do Rare Shades 5 in Toronto, probably the best venue yet, thanks to Lawrence Yap uh, and his ex- extraordinary input. And we were fired up about this. And then, of course, we started looking at, this was back in March, April, we started kind of looking at things. And by April, we said, we've got to make a call about June. And we decided that we didn't want people making travel plans. And we right. we decided, you know, it's unlikely to be better in May than what we're seeing right now. Yeah, you think? <laughs> now that we know. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And I, I'd have to go look, but back then we didn't know. And there were a lot of a lot of shows that I love. I mean, Doug over at Concord on the Avenue, bless his heart, was saying, we're doing this, you know, and, and we're, until they tell us we can't, we're doing it. And I judge that show, and I love that show. I think it's one of the best shows in the I entire hobby. 
I could almost just do Tuesday that week. It's just such a great show. And so, you know, I was watching Doug. He's a mentor to me in many ways, whether he knows it or not. And I was watching it. We were all back then. Nobody knew. But Alex and Rebecca and I talked it through and we said, you know, the progression here doesn't look good and people need to make decisions. Sponsors and brand partners need to make decisions. We need to make decisions. And we decided to postpone it and do a wait and see over the summer. And maybe we would, we would relaunch in the fall. So we announced that we were postponing. And of course, as we all now know, May, June came and, and here we are in, in, in October somehow. And the good news there is time is passing. So yeah. we will get through all this. Of course. But we look, we look at Rare Shades. Rare Shades is a chance for us to interact with people, but it's also one of our outreach and marketing uh, maneuvers. We don't plan to ever charge admission for these shows. That's not what this is about. We love getting out and seeing a car that we haven't seen, meeting somebody we haven't met, and for other people to see these cool colors. And so we thought, well, we can't meet. And we can't really, we don't, we as a company don't feel great about encouraging um, that. And everybody makes their own decisions on that, but that's where we were. And so we kind of said, what can we do here? So the challenge was we didn't have our key marketing move the last two years available to us. And in the midst of that came an opportunity to test uh, 935, the current, you know, the 93519, the Mm -hmm. very recent Porsche 935. A collector sent me a text saying, would you like to test this car or be around it? And I wrote him back kind of kiddingly and said, hey, have you thought about getting a GT2 RS Club Sport? I hear they still have some and maybe there's a deal to be had. And he wrote back and said, oh, I already have one and I'm going to (laughs) race that one hard. I'm going to collect the 935. And so I wrote him back and I said, say, we've been trying to do something since a year ago or more. And how would you feel about us wrapping your GT2 RS Club Sport for a photo shoot? And of course, I figured he would say, no, no, thank you. But if you know about the 991.2 GT2 RS Club Sport, that car is delivered with some panels unpainted. The mm-hmm. back bumper, possibly the hoods, and things are just not painted at all. So you have to do a wrap. They deliver the car on the idea that, of course, the race team is going to wrap it. Yep. So at the bare minimum, you're going to wrap three or four panels with white and then just have a white car. So he said, he wrote back and he said, I would love to have your logo on my car. Consider it a yes. Wow. And the car was in Colorado. And a a project that we had envisioned for Southern California moved to Colorado. And then we said, well, what's the dreamiest photo location? And of course, that's Pikes Peak. Mm -hmm. So then this little magazine started to dream a little more. And this small business started to dream a little more and said, well, could we play like the big boys and girls and go get a go get a permit to close Pikes Peak to shoot there. Yep. And we didn't know fully all that would be involved, but I've been in the game a little while and I knew it would be unlikely, but maybe possible. And a lot of these things started snowballing. And as all of this was happening, Justin did a first design, our our creative director, Justin Page did a first design for a triple zero livery. And I wrote him back. I said, no, this is a, this is a race car. There's a millions of race cars. Let's do an art car this year. <laughs> it's, this is a year. If any year needed an art car, we need an art car. And Justin and I started to hive mind that. And as we clicked into hive mind together, it became this, we need something that makes people smile. And, yeah. and 
we can't get together for rare shades, so let's do a rare shades race car. Let's take color and push that. Mm-hmm. And we as a team set an internal goal of reaching a million eyeballs, or I guess two million, because there are, most people have two eyes. So <laughs> we wanted to reach a, a million-ish followers. And we partnered with Larry Chen, who's a phenomenal photographer. Yep. And one of those people who's just kind of everything right with the hobby. He's interested in everything. doesn't matter what it is if it's got wheels. And so I called Larry and said, would you be interested? He loves Pike's Peak, which is also part of why I called him. And by the way, he has half a million followers or about 450,000. So I thought that takes care of, that's about half of our goal. (laughs) So maybe between us and some brand partners. So I also then started to reach out and say, so I reached out to Michelin, to Chopard, to Champion, to Meguiar's, these companies that had supported Triple Zero, to say, hey, we have this opportunity to make an, uh, an art project and shoot it on Pike's Peak. And they came along and made it possible. Wow. So all of that happened. And then somewhere along the way, uh, it turned into a real race program after a joke uh, told or sort of a kidding around at Pueblo Raceway the day after the Pikes Peak shoot. And then Porsche and many others picked up the story. And when it went on Porsche's Instagram feed, that has 21 million followers. Nice. And that was one of the channels it went to. So I, I look at that and I say, don't those little ideas that you had, those little things that a team member had, those, those projects that get shelved because there's not an obvious fit, it kind of fits with how I approach editorial. Every story will be told in its time. It has a time to be told. And yeah. that marketing idea that we couldn't make happen in 2019 ended up being such a perfect fit in a year that we can't do Rare Shades. So we took Rare Shades to the people. I love it. It's just a wonderful story. And, of course, the Doug that uh, Pete's talking about is Doug Friedman. He's a past guest here on Cars, yeah, founder of the Carmel Concours on the Avenue, which is really the first event during Pebble Beach Car Week that happens. It's a free show that you can attend. It's marvelous, very intimate, although it's gotten very well attended. But it really sets the tone for the whole week, which is wonderful. And Doug is such a hard worker. And, yeah, he was like one of the last guys to say, we're still going to do it, although everything during Car Week had shut down. But it was inevitable that he couldn't, and that's what happened. So, and uh, and Chen, of course, yeah, he's been a guest on the show, too. It's been a long time. I don't think he's been on the show since below my thousand. So I think it was back in 2017, like you. Maybe time to get him back. So nice teamwork. Well, I always ask my guests about their first special car. We already know yours because you've been on the show before. It's that 73 914 that you still have as part of your family. So I'm going to ask you this question. Uh, since you've last been on the show, has there been another Porsche that's come along in your life? And what is it? I guess there's been three since the last spoke. Yeah. Well, uh, let's pick the one that you like the best, if you can do that. Well, <laughs> it's it's a little complicated, but basically a 928 came and went. Uh, it showed up, and I kind of had dreams of building a Safari 928 out of the car. It was, oh. It was too far gone to make a nice street car. It didn't make any sense, but it was. I liked it because it was an 83 black-on-black sport with sports seats and uh, sports seats, black on black, five speed manual. And so I found some 16 inch phone dials and I was kind of thinking about raising it and getting it back on the road. It was a, in a hangar that I was sharing with a friend. And then we had a horrendous rodent 
disaster with the hangar, and we decided that we didn't need the hangar. So that went away. But what has been more recent is just before Rensport, the last Rensport in 18, I took delivery of a car that I'd ordered a while back, uh, a paint-to-sample car. Yeah. Not as rare as, as your orange, but a Brewster Green base Carrera. That replaced my GT4. Yep. And it replaced my GT4 because I went to pick up my daughter and for her first movie, I was going to take her to Cars 3, I think it is, mm-hmm. at the old Fairfax Art Deco Theater. I wanted her first movie theater to be quite an experience. <laughs> and I picked her up at the park and her little best friend said, can I come too, Mr. Pete? And I thought, the GT4 has got to go. I can't make that work. I didn't calculate that my my daughter, tiny daughter would one day <laughs> friends, you know, I yeah. didn't, I didn't think about the baby turning into a girl. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and so the GT4 went actually sold that on bring a trailer there you go. and, and, uh, ended up ordering a, a, a standard Carrera stick shift, uh, dark green. I've always loved dark green cars and that's my daily. Yeah. You know, I drive, you know. I drive that car back and forth to Los Angeles on business trips and I drive it everywhere it's not quite as much an experience to and from let's say the dry cleaner as the gt4 but of course that <laughs> cuts two ways every time i showed up at, at the supermarket in our neighborhood in a red gt4 with a big wing on the back i kind of had to open the door and realize that i know what this looks like yeah <laughs> yeah know? i understand it, it, you you had that car at uh rare shades your first one didn't you didn't you just get it yeah, I yeah, think I've uh, seen it. it. Does it have a, like a dark brown interior? Okay, so that was the that was the third car in the mix. That was the that so I ordered an oak green on espresso. Oh, car. different car. And okay. That, yeah, and then that since has been replaced by a Brewster green on black car without any leather. Okay, I have not seen it then. Okay, well, very cool. Well, I like the paint to sample. I like unique color, and I've kind of fallen back in love with greens. My first new car was a 79 first-gen Scirocco in metallic green, yeah, and I put uh, back in the day, of course, the late 70s, 80s uh, gold basket weave BVS rims on it, which were popular back then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then I had this guy hand paint two gold pinstripes down the side very thin and it had a tan interior so greens have coming back the leaf green well kind of, uh, you know kind of goes with your name mark <laughs> well, you goes, th- oh i didn't think about that yeah i guess it's it does. right in there with your name you know i don't know if you've ever spoken to todd blue but he likes to collect blue cars and i always get a good <laughs> chuckle out of that it's, it's very cool because the, the blue cars he finds are often striking i mean yeah. it's just he'll find something like a blue Carrera GT and I'll say, where did you find that? Yeah. Uh, he'll find some oddities and, and often just really cool older Porsches that just beautiful examples of something maybe more normal. And it's really cool to see, although it's almost never normal. There's almost, almost always a twist. So he's somebody, as soon as you said your Scirocco was green, I said, well, that kind of goes with your name, Mark. I, I know. Like it's the only, I think it's the only green car I've had except for my race car, which was a Lotus Formula Junior, which was British racing green with a yellow nose and the yellow wobblies. I think that's the only green, other green car I've had, quite honestly. But I like them. The Porsche Leaf Green, Stone Gray is kind of a greenish oh, yeah. type color. You look at colors yep. like Chalk that Porsche's brought back, which is that very uh, monochromatic colors. I like those. Uh, non-metallic, which are kind of cool. So, oh, yeah, it's it's hard to choose. I I've often think someday when I go by, I order that ultimate dream brand new Porsche, trying to pick a color is going to be very, very challenging for me. Oh, it, it, of 
course it is. Of course it is. But you know, in the end, it what it drives like is 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 far more important to me. There are days where I wonder if I should have got silver because Brewster is 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 a high maintenance color, and I'm a low maintenance uh, exterior guy. Uh, I like to drive them. That's why I could never own a black car. There's no way I, I'd go that's insane. Not, that's not a color. It's a what, what do they say? That's not a color. It's 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 a vocation. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I couldn't do it. I just they look beautiful when they're clean, but that's about it for me. All right. Well, listen. I normally fire off some very quick questions for guests, and uh, we're I know you've got a call coming in, and we're running a little bit long, but I'm going to do these anyway. We'll kind of see where we end up. It's kind of a lightning round. I call it the last lap. The white flags out. Uh, share one of your personal habits that you believe has helped you succeed at triple zero magazine make the bed in the morning <laughs> you know i was yeah. reading reading somebody about that and i agree there's some things you just do every morning to make sure that you've it's just a good way to start your day to get things going you've accomplished something that's the key and that's why my mom used to do it my father-in-law bless his heart we lost him years ago but he was a 35-year marine and i remember him saying that to me because that's why they teach young recruits you get up and make your bed because you feel like you've made one accomplishment and if you can do one you can do a whole lot more so and to this day i just i can't get out of bed without making it because i hear my mom's voice yelling at me make your bed (laughs) uh what's um let me ask you this uh you've met so many people in the industry and you've interviewed so many people you've done so many cool articles for triple zero Who's one person that you'd like to sit down and have a drink or a meal with and end up turning into a story? Fairy Portia. Oh, well, of course. And, yeah. And, and I, I, I regret that the intersection of his life and my, my time in this industry is somewhere around a, a three or four year yeah. uh, intersection. And I was way too young and I just would have liked to have met him at least yeah. uh, because I, I spent so much time studying uh, a company he built through the people he hired and people they hired. And I just would like to have had a personal sense of, of the man. I understand. Now, when it comes to automotive advice, and let's put it this way, buying older used automobiles, what's the best advice someone else ever offered you that has served you well? When it comes to buying older used vehicles? Yeah, like you like to buy old Porsches. You've had many Porsches. Yeah, what's one piece of wisdom somebody has offered you that you've actually followed? Maybe you didn't follow it. Buy the owner, not the car. Ah, I like it. Yeah, that's an interesting way to put it. I, I think I know what you mean, but what do you mean? Well, I view it a little bit similarly to uh, who I'll get into a car with and who I'll let drive my cars. If I'm in the car, I'll let pretty much anybody drive the car because I like to share. But there's, I don't really care about skills so much as temperament and skill matters, of course, but temperament matters much more to me. And so I think it matters in the safety of the operation of a vehicle on the road, but I think it also matters in the way that a car has been owned over its life. Somebody who approaches the car as a steward and has mechanical sympathy, I would say, go ride with the owner ask the owner to drive instead of instead of you driving see how the owner operates that clutch see how the owner treats the shift shifter is it two finger pressure or are they banging every shift home are they letting the oil warm up before they hit four or five or six thousand rpm you know i I like to see somebody wait till three thousand until the oil's warmed up and a light throttle that those are the kinds of things that i'd be looking for if I'm buying a used car, I'd want to know how, did, how was this operated? And of course, it's a used car, so you can't guarantee how previous owners before that were. 
but and there's other variables. It may be the only one like that. There may you may plan on rebuilding it anyway. But uh, I would say, in all cases, I want to I want to know who's selling the car. Yeah, no, it's great advice. I was very proud because I had a friend who was looking for a car for his daughter, her first car, and he called me and he said, "I'm looking for something for Kate, but I want to buy a Mark Green car." And I laughed and I said, what do you mean by that? And he said, a car that's been really, really loved. And you know yeah. what? He ended up buying my son's car. So yeah. there Which you go. one was it? Was it an E36? It was, um, no, it was an E46 328 BMW uh, CI. Okay. Yeah, it was a car yeah. that, that I found that had been Mark Green loved by the original owner. The gentleman had passed. His widow was trying to sell it. And she said, my husband loved this car. And the way you could tell was that car didn't even have a, it had 51,000 miles on it, didn't even have a scuff on the threshold when you get in. He always lifted his feet mm. over the threshold yep. like I do. The I've, never been, I've never been good at that, Mark. I, <laughs> you know, it's one of the things I'm, I feel so embarrassed by it. And I actually was embarrassed by it in my bring a trailer video and I pointed it out. I was like, there's a lot of people who know how to lift their feet over these things. Yeah, I don't. I so, know. Yeah. you know, you can always replace that plastic, but. I felt I feel bad about that, but I'm gonna just I'll go ahead and self out myself. On it's that it's one. well there you go. Well, it's always good. Uh, yeah, it's uh, and the the trunk oh. the trunk didn't even have a scuff on it. it. Looked like nobody had put anything in the trunk, and it was a it was a wonderful car. So it went on to another great family. Now um, I always ask for a resource. Obviously, the great greatest resource I'm gonna put out there right now is Triple Zero Magazine. And if you have oh, not seen it, you. well, you got to subscribe and do what I did. Get rid of some of the stuff you don't read anymore. Cut out some of the nasty habits like stopping and drinking too much coffee and eating too many pastries <laughs> and get yourself a subscription if especially if you love Porsches because you won't believe what's in this and don't ask to borrow mine because I'm not going to loan them to you uh, they're sitting here right behind me on my shelf and that's where they're going to stay there'll be a resource for me and for my kids long long time down the road now Peter is there a new book that's been out maybe since we last spoke that you'd like to recommend to my my listeners well, it's not just out yet uh, I, I I don't want to put more pressure on an author who is <laughs> come one on. of our contributing let's, editors. Let's do so, it. <laughs> so with with that, with that disclosure, uh, it's a it's someone you know well, I believe. All right, uh, Randy Leffingwell Randy. is working on Porsche Porsche racing history, and and we did a bit of a as you may recall, we did a bit of a preview interview with him about the project. This book is the work of many years on top of many years. And it will be the, the probably the most, well, without question, it will be the most complete accounting of the first 100 years of Porsche Motorsport. Wow. And it will cover 1898 to 1998. Oh, my gosh. And I've spoken with Randy about the depths, as has one of our other editors, Kerry Morris, the depths to which he is, he is plumbed as he's done this history and I've spoken at length with Dieter Lannenberger, the previous archivist at Porsche Archive. This book is going to be one that you have to have. Randy has mentioned that it may have to be delivered by forklift. <laughs> and he's also mentioned that he thinks maybe they'll sell 50 copies. I think they will sell many more. And if, if you're serious about Porsche, it's just going to be one of those that you have to have. So All right, Randy, you heard it. Yeah, get get that thing done. Randy's been a guest. I've known him forever. He's a great guy. Wonderful guy. What I'll do is we'll get him back when that thing is published and printed, and we'll get him back to talk about it here on Cars Yeah, because, yeah, he's the Porsche guy for sure. He's getting close. Yeah, he's getting there. He's getting there. I, I call him, and the first thing I say is, what year is it, sir? <laughs> so 
Because he's pressure. doing it year by year. Oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine. Yeah, it's uh, incredible. All right. We're up to the checkered flag here, Pete. Uh, I usually ask my guests the same question. I ask them if I can buy you your dream car, your dream collector car. What would it be? But I'm going to mix this up and make it a little bit different for you. I'm going to buy you an older Porsche today. And it's got to be something pre let's say pre-74. So it's going to be long hood 911s or back to 356s or even before that pre-As. But I'm going to buy you anyone that you would like to have. But there's a couple rules to this game. It's got to be a keeper. It's got to be a driver. No garage queen. So it needs to tick off some boxes, maybe even some back seats for your daughter and friends and so forth. So for Pete Stout today, what's it going to be? Whew. Pre-74 throws me for a loop because... I'm, oh, that throws me for a loop. I have my top three or four or five personal faves, but none of them are pre-74. So, but I like a challenge. I like a challenge. I like a challenge. So the CTR is out, the CGT is out, but let's do, let's stick with your challenge. It's probably, it's probably one of three. Saying best is so difficult. Saying this one is difficult, but I'd be thinking about, a fantastic 356C coupe, very original, like survivor style car that I could drive. Yeah. I would think about an RSR 2.8 because who would not? Yeah. And I would think about a uh, factory 914.6 competition car, often called a GT. And if I'm forced on those choices, I already have a 914. I would probably have to have an RSR 2.8, Mark. Yeah. You know, I think so. Uh, knowing you the way I know you, and actually when I had um, Spike Ferriston on my show, I had him pick a car for me since he's known as the car matchmaker, and that's what he picked for me. So, oh. uh, yeah, yeah, so, wow. uh, yeah, an RSR. So I, I think that's a great choice for you. Now, just so I get you the right color, since we talked about colors so much today, what color would you like yours to be? And it can be any color, of course. You know, it's a crazy thing to say this, but I think the one that keeps slaying me every time I see it is, just plain white with the black Carrera stripes, which is an odd choice for the RSR 2.8, but I think that's the way I'd go. Wow, I'm shocked. Yeah. And I'm not a stripe guy. I'm not a stripe guy. I know. But I think that's, I think that's the way I'd do it. Yeah, I guess that's the way I'd go. All right. That's what it's going to be. As long as you take me for a ride in it, we'll run down to Laguna Seca and do some laps in that thing. I think we'll have some fun for sure. Fantastic. Consider it done. Okay. You've taken me on another great ride today. This has been really good to catch up. I want to thank you for sharing your amazing journey. Before I let you go and drive off into the uh, California hillside, maybe up into the wine country in that RSR 2.8, what's one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance you might offer the listeners? Take chances. Hmm. You know, I'm risk averse by nature, but take chances. Yeah. Um, yeah. You don't want to get to the end of the road and realize you missed too many side roads. You want it, you want to find your identity out on some of those side roads. Yeah, most definitely. And my listeners heard me say this, shoulda, coulda, woulda, words of a loser. Don't say those words. You don't want to say those at the end of your day. So take some risks like Pete has and so many other my inspiring automotive enthusiasts. What's the best way for my listeners to learn more about Triple Zero Magazine? Well, our website's 000magazine.com. So it's three numerals numeral 000magazine.com or you can find us on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, We're probably a little more active on Instagram. 
those are the best ways to find us. Absolutely. I'll put links to all those on Pete Shono's page. And if you missed my talk with him before, remember he was a two-timer before. Now he's a three-timer. Whew. But we got, we got it done this time. You don't need to do two shows this time, so that's good. I think we did okay. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to do a shout-out thank you to Tom Gibson of Gibson Communications for bringing you back to Cars yeah. Tom's brought me yeah. some amazing, great guests. I really appreciate what he does. So, again, thank you, Tom Tom Gibson, Gibson Communications. Listeners, you can find everything on Pete Shono's page. Just go and check it out. If you love Porsches, you have to subscribe to Triple Zero. There's no excuses. Christmas is coming, so ask your significant other for a subscription if you you don't want to pony up, but you know what? You should, and you're going to find you're going to fall in love with this. Every time it shows up, it comes in a box that you think somebody spent, sent you a gift. You, I have a nice little collection of your stickers, although I've got one on my garage door, my garage wall, my cars. Uh, so triple zeros everywhere represented here in the Pacific Northwest. Pete. Too cool. Thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences with Cars Yeah. Until you and I talk again, my friend, and they let us all out of lockdown, I'll see you down the road. Mark, thanks so much. See you. You bet. This has been great. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting, but what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must-read whether you dream of owning a collector car, maybe you have two, or maybe you've got 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Here's a couple deals I have for you just for listening here on Cars Yeah. If you use the checkout code Cars Yeah, you'll receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription at Sports Car Market. That's an exclusive offer from Cars Yeah. And guess what? Here's another deal. If you'd like to get the actual magazine, use the code BSH for buy, sell, hold. That's code BSH. And you'll get $10 off your annual print subscription. That's right. $10 off. Both of these are exclusive offers here at Cars Yeah for Sports Car Market Magazine. Just go to sportscarmarket.com and get your deals today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up 
a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!